Hi everyone, uh, welcome to another episode of the Kings I Kick About. We are back as usual. Uh, where do you want to begin this week, Alf? Another, uh, well, another whirlwind of football. Uh, I think we should start with the uh, big news in the championship uh, coming out in the last uh, two or three days. Uh, with uh, it being announced that Neil Harris was sacked as Cardiff City manager and I think is being announced imminently that Mick McCarthy will uh, take over to replace him. So, um, something you'd predicted for a while, uh, Neil Harris, uh, his job was under threat. The results were plunging. And I've always described him as being a very one-dimensional manager, a bit of a long ball merchant, if you, if you, if you don't mind. And, uh, yeah. I think the uh, label of him as being uh, one-dimensional is uh, uh, slightly harsh, but uh, uh, there's definitely uh, just uh, uh, probably an ideological gap uh, between him and his squad, or at least between the board and their acquisitions uh, for the squad. Because um, the is, they have talented players. They have the likes of Harry Wilson, Kiefer Moore. They can play good football, I feel, if they wanted to. Yeah, it, it's difficult, though, because, you know, we looked at their recruitment over the summer and it looked very good on paper and you know it looked to you know successfully bolster the squad they had last season where obviously after uh well during the restart in in june uh cardiff obviously went on that massive run and got themselves into the playoffs um and key for more especially looked like an absolute gem uh of the signing just you know made for neil harris and he was to be honest one of their few saving graces this season um, but I think, you know, inconsistency or strange team selections uh, have really hindered Harris. Um, it's it, it's slightly peculiar because, I mean, the two of the signings they made in January before Harris has been sacked in Perry and G and Max Waters, you know, two really shrewd, sensible signings with a long-term vision in mind. Um, and uh, it was a continuation uh, of the... Uh, uh, some of transfer strategy, it seemed. Uh, but some of those players just haven't really got a look in this season. Um, Dylan Phillips has remained their backup goalkeeper, even though he was absolutely immense for Charlton this season, arguably the best keeper in the division. And um, uh, Smithies uh, wasn't even Cardiff's uh, number one last season. It was still near average. Um, I'll say Tutu, on loan from Arsenal. He uh, was really good on loan in the fight uh, of Bundesliga mm-hmm. uh, last season. I think he was at Bochum. Uh, and he was really effective there on a right wing, even though nominally a right back. Um, and I think other players have just failed to kick on. Uh, really. um, Will Volks hasn't been the same player that he was under the Warnock this season, and that's uh, the same uh, for Marlon Pack uh, as well. Their new signing, he seems to have lost the session the city. Uh, Robert Blackpool uh, just hasn't worked out. Uh, so there are just too many uh, uh, square pegs and round holes really for them and hopefully uh, Mick McCarthy can uh, manage to get uh, more out of the squad. Uh, indeed. Uh, how? Do you, I mean, the reason why I say that William Harris was one to mention is because I, I used to uh, you know, pay a bit of attention to Millwall back in the day and under him, you know, as I've said before on the show, Millwall fans aren't exactly used to the best football, but even they were a bit fed up with the way he tried to get the best out of that team in terms of, you know, lack of creativity and lack of plan Bs. It's, but... it's difficult, though, because I think we, it, it's been two different issues which have, you know, befell Harris. Um, at Millwall, it was just general staleness, and he knew that his, his time was up after a very successful three or four years. Yeah, very successful. But, um, I mean, how long has he been in post at Cardiff? What, a year and a half? Less? 
Yeah. Um, uh, which is uh, a season and a half, I would say. Um, uh, which, you know, staleness is uh, no excuse uh, there. Um, no. It, it's difficult, though, because, like, the thing is that if they kept going with Harris, right? Yeah. It would be an admission that they were pretty certain that they wouldn't go down this season. Which raised. Cardiff. Yeah. Well, yeah, which is quite contrary to the fact that they've actually spent money and have a decent team. Yeah. But which raises the question as to why Mick McCarthy has been brought in, uh, who's normally just a firefighter and it seems another short term appointment. Well, uh, Alf, I, I think we have to. Uh, I think we're in a similar situation to the old Sheffield Wednesday situation where. Uh, Chancery goes and hires a manager and then fires him after 34 days because he was unaware that his style was so negative. I mean, are uh, are Cardiff owners being that short-sighted? Um, short-sighted? No. Short-term minded, yes. Uh, okay. Because, uh, you know, Mick McCarthy isn't a dumb appointment. If you see what I mean, he's got a very good tra- championship record. Yes, his uh, time in Cyprus a few months ago was a disaster, but he did a very respectable job uh, with the Republic of Ireland uh, in 2019, uh, which, uh, you know, has uh, restored his reputation after the very, very uh, <laughs> sour ending uh, at Ipswich in 2018. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can see the appointment working. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a good uh, calibre of squad. McCarthy to work with. Yeah. So, uh, would you say that they'll be uh, they should be actually on the up? Yes. Uh, I mean, I can't see them being in the um in the bottom half uh, of the championship. Just just just, just sure. to round up on that. So their upcoming fixtures. Uh, they're away at Barnsley uh, in one Wednesday. Uh, yep. They're uh, at, at home to Millwall. Uh, so a, a week from today. Uh, well, eight days from today, and then they've got Bristol away and Rotherham away. So, not easy fixtures, but somewhere to be in, and not the toughest either. Yeah, um, and I guess that must have been in the mind of when uh, Cardiff only, you know, decided to I mean, They're not playing a proper top six team until February now, mm. so I, I think he, he has time to consolidate at least. Oh, I, I also think an indirect of uh, the news that Mick McCarthy, Mick McCarthy, sorry, will take the Cardiff job is um uh, good. Well, uh, ease the fears of Sheffield Wednesday fans at uh, Cardiff when Nick Paul Cook, uh, who's still being wound up by then it seems, and uh, we're just uh, waiting for uh, it to be confirmed. Uh, Paul Cook, yeah, of course, mm. that is true. So uh, yeah, hopefully, and uh, yeah, where do you want to go next, Dan Alba, in the Championship? Uh, want to discuss some results? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I think uh, the big headline of the week, uh, even though as boring as it is, is that uh, the mighty Norwich march on. Uh, obviously, in our DM, uh, our friend Shiri has been waxing lyrical rightfully about Fondi's run of form and their you know, phenomenal business that they've done so far in the January window. I mean, Connor Harahan coming into both of their midfield options is just an absolutely exceptional signing. Uh, yeah. And obviously, you know, talking about uh, him being on HMS Piss for League, well, if uh, Swansea and uh, maybe Brentford are on HMS Piss for League, then uh, Norwich are on the American aircraft carrier uh, equivalent. Um, they were just in absolute cruise control uh, against Bristol City. Um, Max Aaron's uh, just 
absolutely dominating the right flank, jinking runs, uh, always looking for a pullback, continually getting in behind their defensive line, uh, drifting wide when needed to stretch, you know, Bristol City's back four, which was really effective in creating space for Hugel. Uh, and then on the other flank, I mean, obviously Kintia uh, was meant to be their left back this season. He's been injured. Uh, Sorensen, who's, I mean, a defensive midfielder, has come in to do a job at left back and he's been similarly uh, exceptional. Uh, which is music to Norwich's fans' ears, and I mean, of course, not Todd, Todd Cantwell. You were talking about oh, the great assist. For Todd, Cam, Todd Cantwell as well, just playing with such flair and extravagance, and I mean, his confidence is just uh, completely different to the. You know, I, I, which are greatly benefiting from the fact that a team which many have it's it's been racked with speculation because the likes of Cantwell and Buendia, and to an extent, uh, Cookie and whatnot, they've been linked away with Norwich quite a lot. But you know, Norwich have managed to keep these players and. You know, to pay dividends, they are the best team in the championship again. And um, I, I think it's really good that they've, you know, re- they've settled on that midfield double pivot now with uh, Kenny McLean and Ollie Skip, um, two um, players with, you know, good, you know, metronomic qualities. Um, but McLean is, you know, good in a box to box role and is a decent long shot on him, is quite aggressive. Uh, but Skip has a really, you know, good range of passing and that's why he's so high rated at Tottenham. Um, and the fact that Jordan Hugel's, I mean, their second choice striker. Um, but he's stepping up, Alf. He's stepping up. He, he really I, I'm putting the chances away. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, a, a guy who went to West Ham had some difficulty. Uh, is to break, but you know he's making. He's. I think we're maximising his potential, and he's getting the most out of it. He, he definitely is, and um, it, it'll be uh, slightly worrying news for Adam Ida uh, when he comes back from injury. I mean, I guess they'll they'll loan him out to another Championship club who needs goal scorer. Um, also, nice news for Norwich. Obviously, uh, Ono Hernandez uh, got on the pitch uh, for yeah. a few minutes at the end, so it's nice to see him back from his. Uh, I think he's been out for nearly a year. Uh, which is nice to see, uh, and I mean, tasty player, yeah. Yeah, with which gives um, Norwich uh, uh, another option. Uh, as for Bristol City, um, it, I mean, it, I wouldn't be too worried; they were just simply outclassed. Um, but a good result for them uh, on Saturday, important to get a win to break up their bad run at home to Preston. Zach Viner, uh, academy lad, getting his first goal for the club. Obviously, normally a right back, but he's played every minute of. The- Who is this Preston we're talking about? No, this is Zach Viner at Bristol City. Bristol City, oh, I thought, okay, in the, because oh, oh, you mentioned they scored, but they didn't score, so I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Viner on the score sheet for Bristol City, his first goal for the club, being an academy eleven, playing every minute of the season, and um, I'm sure he'll uh, have the Premier League Sharks uh, also, around him uh, very soon indeed. Uh, moving on, uh, Watford, uh, Oliver Munoz, they, uh, Oliver, sorry, Oscar, yeah, Oscar Munoz, they are continuing their decent form with the, uh, Hard-earned 1-0 win over Barnsley. It's interesting because Watford Social shared uh, some stats about them scoring in 23 consecutive home games and having the best home record in the league. But it's very interesting because they tend to win 1-0 and 2-1 quite a lot. And, uh, you know, they're not a high-scoring team, but they have that consistency, you know, to to, to stay at the top, if you get what I mean. They, they, they do. Um, it's uh, still baffling that the keepers who stay down the middle still can't save Troy Deeney's penalties. Um Watford, they just look like they're going to be, uh, you know, quality their way into the top six. Uh, you know, just, you know, trying to just uh, keep teams at arm's length and just reduce games to its margins and with players like Saar and Semmer and Dini up front, try to get over the line. Um, they've been, from my perspective at least, and I think which is shared from many Watford fans, there have both been positives and negatives 
uh, from Mignogu uh, team selection so far. I think a really big positive is Dan Barkman uh, coming in goal to replace Ben Foster, who just wasn't in good form. Uh, Dan Barkman's been on the fringes for a while, but he's a very talented keeper. He was excellent at Kilmarnock on loan a few seasons back. And that's not just from my biased uh, Austrian perspective, who are the dearth of goalkeepers. Mm. Um, uh, but Sierra Alta's coming at centre-back. Um, ben Wilmot has shown promise, but, you know, he still lacks that consistency at championship level. Uh, Sierra Alta has provided that really well, and he's absolutely dominant aerially, uh, which I think is pretty key uh, for Watford. Ben, ben Wilmot, you said, has shown promise. Yeah, but, you know, it's good to just um, uh, get, you know, a, a player who um, has slipped in uh, to championship life more uh, comfortably in Sierra Alta uh, yeah. defence. Um, but then there are puzzling things. Uh, especially with the front two. I mean, Mignoz has come out and said that uh, Dini and Gray are the best two uh, championship strikers in the league. And I mean, unless he's living in 2014, <laughs> that's, just, that's just, you know, miles away from the truth, especially when you've got Jean Pedro uh, on the bench, who was electric at the start of the season. And Philip Zinkenagel, who um, was you know, the messy of the Norwegian league for a bit of a glimpse in the miraculous title win. Uh, last season um, and, and has been really effective uh, since joining Watford this January. I mean, he was a uh, man of the match really against Man United in the FA Cup. Um, so I guess we'll hopefully see some changes there, which will make them a more exciting outfit going forward. But um, Munoz is starting to build more effective foundations uh, regarding their defence than uh, Ivic was. Well, they are fourth now, of course, you know, the positions aren't really that indicative when it comes to the playoffs because everyone's on pretty much the same amount of points. But, uh, yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, Barnsley, of course, uh, we have to go Barnsley. Or we have a soft spot for them, of course you do. Uh, where, what, do you, what do you think of uh, them? Do you, do you think they could have done better in this game or good results? Or... Uh, they'll be annoyed that they didn't get the win. Never mind the draw. Uh, to be honest, uh, they they did dominate proceedings. Uh, Corley Woodrow missed a few decent chances, but you know, okay, you know, occasionally Barnsley will have a bad day at the office. But I mean, that's just you know, um, that's just a fact. Yeah, so of nothing too much to worry it's about. It's nothing too much to worry about. Uh, next, uh, we have Derby and Bournemouth. A surprising result, which I was quite surprised by. Uh, Wayne Rooney uh, showing his magic with his Derby team clawing their way up the table with a big scalp. I'd say semi-surprising. Uh, win in that you know Derby seem to really raise their games uh, for the good sides uh, this season. Obviously, beat Norwich was their only win. Uh, Derby, uh, they beat Swansea too. They beat Swansea too. They played them off the park actually, and um, uh, they played very well uh, here too. Um, I think the move to a five at the back has given them a bit more solidity, um, which is important for them. And, you know, it, it places less of a burden on Matt Clark to, you know, uh, be that, you know, base of their attacking mood left side of central defence. Uh, Christian Bielik has been really, uh, he, he's been outstanding in the literal sense of the word uh, since Rooney has taken over, you know, and he's he's he's, he's moved on from his, you know, defensive mid, midfield role we saw at Charlton and has just become a box-to-box beat, uh, really, which is good to see. I think Jorzviak having a free roam role in the front three has been also has been good. Um, on the, when he was, you know, in a forty-three-one on the right, um, I'm not sure when we did see if the system really suited him out there. Um, but as for Bournemouth, again, it's a similar case to Barnsley. You know, occasionally they're going to drop points like this. I wouldn't worry too much. Um, I, that is one. That is one win in five though for Bournemouth. Alfred's worth. Yeah, but 
I mean, the quality in that squad is still there, and you know, Tyndall is, you know, still showing signs of um, uh, being sensible with his team selections. Uh, and I mean, it's just going to be really fun and interesting to see um, how uh, Jack Wilshire uh, affects him uh, okay. going forward. Um, and uh, one more game, uh, one that you found quite interesting. Uh, Forest, uh, well, Middlesbrough are going to Forest, which is now a semi-tough place to go and get in the win. It, of course, it uh, is a semi-tough place to go, but I mean, when Forest don't create anything for ninety minutes of the game, <laughs> their job is definitely made slightly easier. Um, yeah, a, a very typical uh, Warnockian win uh, here, uh, which was uh, really nice to see and really reassuring after Middlesbrough's poor. Well, well, I mean, yeah, it is Warnockian because Middlesbrough only had thirty-six percent possession. You had sixteen shots, so. Uh, you could see that they made the most of the ball when they had it and the threats were there. Yeah. George Savile is turning into one of my favourite players in the Championship. And well, it's funny because he was signed from Millwall. Yeah. Uh, Millwall fans were sad to see him go. But then again, he struggled to break in initially. But now he's cementing himself there. You know, he didn't give up. He's he's The midfield balance of Middlesbrough is perfect. What, Savile, Halston and more? Yeah, absolutely. Halston is... Well, I mean, Halston can play anywhere, as we know. Uh, but at the moment, he's currently obviously playing as the anchor of the midfield and he's got the experience and uh, the nails to play there really well. Uh, Sam Morsey is, you know, as I say, a really good metronome. He showed that for Wigan last season. He similarly has those leadership qualities um, that, I mean, he's shown an international duty uh, more than anything. And then George Savile, who not only can make, you know, the box-to-box runs going forward with his aggression, but who can also drift wide. I mean, he's played on the left wing for Northern Ireland um, a lot. Uh, under Michael O'Neill and then since uh, for Barraclough. Um And, you know, that's a really good crossing option uh, from midfield as well as their full-backs, which obviously Warnock uh, depends on a lot. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's it's good to see those, you know, those, those pillars of uh, a Warnockian team uh, showing themselves once again. Just quickly, um, if uh, one watches uh, the highlights of the game on the Nottingham Forest YouTube channel, uh, which they uploaded. Uh, obviously, there was um, a bit of afters in injury time as Ribeiro was sent off uh, kicking out at Asambalonga at the corner flag. Um, and then after the kerfuffle uh, was shown the red card and the highlights unfortunately cut off uh, just as you can hear Wardock belting out of the touchline. Uh, he should have been sent off the earlier ref. Uh, oh wow! Uh, and then obviously all the comments say, "What happened to the audio?" We were well, that, that, that's Neil Warnock for you, isn't it? Um, is it time for a, well. is it time for a Warnock two point documentary? Well, well, you never know. I think if if he does a job with this Borough team, because they are three points off to they've played one game less, but are three points off Bournemouth, who are in pretty poor form. So, well, uh, sides in the northeast uh, are known. Uh, for their Netflix and Amazon documentaries, respectively. So why not one more? Well, yeah, why not? Why not? A Middlesbrough would be a good time to look at. And I'm sure Steve Gibson would uh, would be accommodating. Yeah, get But yeah, uh, indeed. Uh, Rotherham and Stoke playing out a 3-3 draw, which I literally had no idea happened. But, you know. Yeah, um, uh, as the top 20 pointed out, we, Nick Powell's, uh, transition uh, from being, you know, um, uh, for one of the less politically incorrect uh, term, uh, yeah, fancy pants, uh, number 10, uh, midfielder, who is, you know, his, at least the perception of him was he was quite feeble into turning into this Marilyn Fellaini-esque midfielder for Stoke, um, charging into the box uh, and scoring two-headed goals in the last month. Uh, it's not something that many people expect. Oh. 
It says on lineups that he will start up front. Uh, yeah. At least Google says that. Oh, yeah. Plainly notorious for that as well. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that is true. Uh, but no, no, a really positive week for Rotherham, uh, even though they felt they could have taken all three points uh, against, like, it was a really important win, uh, Derby, um, for them. And, you know, keeping their embers of survival alive, um, which is, you know, really, it just keeps on putting pressure on the teams around them. Um, well, yeah, there needs to be pressure because currently they're on 20 points and Derby County are above them on 22 having played two games more. And, I mean, since, uh, you know, I've said that I, I'm re- extremely worried for QPR, they've, you know, two wins on the bounce uh, for them. Uh, on, I think they'll just hover above. I, I think they're a part of that Coventry-Birmingham ilk, kind of, yeah. who won't be dragged in, but they'll always be looking over their shoulders. Well, I mean, it's... Obviously, a lot was made of their, uh, uh, their, their line-up uh, against Cardiff, where they didn't have a midfield. Uh, which was an interesting tactical twerk, uh, uh, tweak, sorry, uh, from Mark Warburton. Uh, and uh, it's, I, I guess it's effective, you know, you can't deny it if they just, you know, have just this bank of five, which they say, yeah, try and get past this, and then have just five attackers, um, or five attack-minded players, sorry, I should say, um, going forward to say, yeah, try and score a goal. Um, it's back to its 1930s basics, uh, but I quite enjoy it. Yeah, it's good. It's good, I think, you know, Michael O'Neill. Is this, uh, sorry, Rotherham or Stoke you were talking about? Oh, this is QPR, sorry. Oh, QPR, sorry, sorry. No, sorry. Uh, yeah, 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 I get that. But, you know, they need results and they need results against, uh, you know, a, a team who are difficult to play against. But I think, you know, it's more of a testament to, uh, I, I think if there's one thing that will uh, push someone over, push, push an owner over the edge is losing to a team with no midfield. So, uh, yeah. Uh, absolutely, and um, it's just nice to see that Charlie Austin um, doesn't seem to be a Hail Mary. Well, Charlie Austin and Bond both scored sim- in, in the same game, I think, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so, yeah. they did. Uh, also, uh, speaking of teams hovering above, Millwall have gone from a you know playoff, almost playoff team, to a just remember, they had a decent win away at Huddersfield. And uh, yeah, I, I think they've struggled. They have, but it, it was, you know, really important win for Riot to, you know, keep the morale up of the squad in this midweek and just... They haven't won since the 2nd of December. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, big trouble. Important to stop the rot and, you know, just as they were, you know, creeping into the relegation race. A uh, really important result uh, to hold that. Um, of course, they are, they are still in the FA Cup, yeah. so yeah. Um, I'm sure Carlos Corbram will be really frustrated in recent weeks. I mean, they've had three games in a row. Uh, where they've just, you know, dominated the first half of games um, and they just haven't taken their chances, which, I mean, is I guess is going to be a thing with time. Um, it's good that they have a really solid base of points, you know, so far this season. And that they're only, I think, you know, I think Huddersfield are on 31 points uh, right now, maybe 32. Um, so, you know, they're only six wins away from safety, really, um, which is, you know, easing. Uh, the pressure on them and, you know, allowing for more atmosphere. Huddersfield have one win in five, by the way, it's worth noting. Which is a worrying turn in form, but at the same time, their performances don't match that. Um, that's always, yeah. you know, the most important thing uh, to consider. It's very interesting this championship table, Alf, because no sector, I would say, of the table has the 
uh, maybe apart from Norwich, no uh, group in the table is explicitly broken away. Yeah. Like you know, no, absolutely. Because um, often you have the playoff teams or something with a clear gap ahead. Uh, but no, I think it's all very, uh, the very not a high variation, and I think every, anyone can catch up with anyone. Well, here. seeing Charlton get relegated on forty-seven points last season, obviously, you know, was quite shocking to a lot of people, um, and you know, really unlucky in comparison to previous championship seasons. But, I mean, judging by the upturn in form for many of the sides of the bottom half, I mean, we could see a similar thing happen this season, to be honest. Um, I mean, the 50-point mark is going to be truer than ever in the championship this season. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so, in the chance... So, uh, I think, yeah, I, I think that's that. Unless we want to... Uh... No, I think uh, we can... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, that's the championship yeah. pretty much done. Uh, so, uh, moving on, uh, do you want to preview the FA Cup fixtures for this weekend before moving on to League One? Uh, I would just like to do a quick Premier League mention. Um, All right. If it's please. not too painful for you. Uh, oh, no, no, no. no. Honestly, if you think that, you know, it's fine. It, it, it was coming. It's, it's not. I'm not <laughs> as connected to it as you think I am. But, yeah, go on. Um, well done, Sean Dodge. Um, well, indeed, An absolutely indeed. incredible well done, achievement for Burnley to get the win at Anfield, uh, at Liverpool's first feat at Anfield uh, for nearly four years um, in the league, I should say. Uh, ben Mee and James Tarkovsky, I've never seen the, uh, the same quantity of headed balls out of the box than they would. Maybe actually um, Ragnar Sigurdsson and Kerry Arneson for Iceland against England at Euro 2016. <laughs> Matches that. Nick Pope was absolutely imperious in goal. Uh, the whole midfield were diligent in tracking back. Uh, Wooden Barnes pressed from the front so well. And uh, they got their just rewards. And, um, uh, you know, it's another clean sheet. One goal, Martin win for them. Uh, but they're, you know, getting the points tally up. And, uh, yeah, just very quick. Well done to Burnley. Well, I mean, they've done it. They they did it at Arsenal. Of course, mm. Arsenal, but, you know, a win's a win. They won away at Arsenal. They won away at Liverpool. No one expected expected them to. I expected a nil-nil. Yeah. Uh, you know, they would have taken a nil-nil. Uh, they rode their luck in some ways, too, because Ben Mee, as good as he was, he did make a mistake, which could have been fatal. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, they, they were let off. But, you know, hats off to them. Apart from that mistake, they were near near flawless. Uh, they got their luck, they got their reward, and uh, it's good for them. And, you know, this is the t- t- togetherness that you'd expect from a Sean Dyke team. Yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, as good as uh, Sean Dyke, uh, Sean Dyke's Burnley were. Uh, Liverpool are poor, a lack of creativity, a lack of movement. Uh, it, uh, again, easily, very easily defensively penetrated because uh, the many tweets about Alexander Arnold and uh, Dwight McNeil, well, Dwight McNeil schooling Alexander Arnold time and time again. Uh, you know, I think after Coutinho left, it was all about get it to the fullbacks and they switch things around and create openings. Yeah. But I think that Liverpool have been sussed out as a, uh, as a. Uh, you know, I don't want to take it as far as say that it's similar to what's happened with uh, happened in fourteen fifteen with Klopp's old Dortmund team, but maybe we're having a, a kind of mini version of that. But they need, they can't sign the creative. I don't think, I don't think Liverpool have the financial flexibility to do that. But they need to tactically innovate in some way uh, to get to become less predictable. Yeah, I I definitely agree uh, with all of that. 
Um, and uh, but the, yeah, at the same time, um, it's just the XG is still there. In terms, of, I think it's now over seven XG since Liverpool actually last scored. Yeah, I think you have to take luck into it too because yeah. Uh, but you know the fact that they haven't scored since West Brom last year at home in the league is uh, is definitely a worry. Indeed, and uh, a start by James Pearce is titled "Klopp needs to reawaken Liverpool's mentality monsters," and that's about it. I think heads need to stop dropping too. They need to. That's most important thing in this room. A video that did the rounds on Twitter today was a a video of Jock Steen, uh, obviously the legendary Celtic manager uh, in the late nineteen sixties, talking about how you know the biggest problem for him with his Celtic squad after winning was you know when they felt that they were invincible at home, and that's the exact moment where you you know you need to introduce new blood to get the hunger back into. The- oh, also, there's, there's been a lot of. Uh... Amongst Liverpool fans on Twitter, people are saying Firmino's time is up. But, you know, Firmino was never about goals, so I don't see why they're judging him on that. Mm. Uh, and secondly, and some very damning tweets about Divock Origi saying the fact that in January 2021, a player of Divock Origi's quality is starting. In fact, you know, consistently, every league appearance, apart from when he scored these crucial goals, he's been derided, he's been mocked, he's been just generally very much looked down upon by Liverpool fans. Yeah. No, I I would agree with that, um, uh, but that's uh, it's it's a pretty sad indictment, I think. But just 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 generally, but you know, uh, fresh ideas. It's very interesting that something I shared with you on Twitter uh, about, you know, so Liverpool on Liverpool are kind of a selling club in that you know they're open to uh, big money deals if if the right offer comes, and they they would use that money to spend and rebuild wisely as they did, for example, to continue money. But it's very interesting that. In some ways, they are actually bigger than Real Madrid and Barcelona at the minute, who would be their main uh, consumers. That's really uh, a, a valid point because, I mean, Barcelona and Real Madrid barely have enough money to pay their own yeah, players. At the- this is exactly what I mean. Yeah. And they're like, Liverpool are a bit stoked because their players, I think they're very happy to stay put because at the minute they're, they're actually, I, I'm probably buying, but then again, that's only one club. Uh, there are a few bigger places, places to be at the minute. And like I said, they are bigger. So, I think Liverpool's own strategy to, to rebuild and grow with resources, to, you know, their own cycle has kind of been broken. Kind of, a, It's a very strange kind of inadvertent case, but yeah. Absolutely. Um, that just reminds me, actually, something we did have to mention this week on the kickabout. Um, the biggest, most shocking result in the Copa del Rey for over a decade. Uh, Real Madrid knocked out by Alcoyano, uh, a team uh, in the foothills of Mercia, uh, quite near Benidorm, actually. Well, uh, this is a great Copa del Rey because we had Cornella and Atletico and now we have uh, this, Alcoy, this yeah, team you mentioned. No, absolutely. Um, uh, and Cornelia, you know, putting a really good account of themselves at home to a full-strength Barcelona, taking them for extra time. Four and two, no. um, but absolutely incredible result for Alcoy and 2-1. Uh, um, and, I mean, the pressure on Zidane is mounting a lot uh, now. Uh, to, put, to put it in context, it's like... Um, Grimsby beating Man United and that's like this season Grimsby who are really bad uh, um, who in uh, so for people who aren't aware in Spain uh, you have only two professional divisions uh, you have uh, La Liga and uh, Liga Adelante uh, and then even from then all the divisions are regionalised um, and Alcolano are in one of the Mercian uh, local divisions in tier 4 
Um, so an absolutely incredible achievement for them. Yeah, an incredible achievement. And uh, I think it, it's a sad indictment of Real Madrid and how far they've fallen. Of course, Zidane getting COVID today. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's difficult. I think what I've always thought of Spanish football in general and these two giants is, is that they need to get their heads out of their own backsides and uh, innovate for the sake of innovating rather than thinking that because we are the pinnacle, we can just... Well, we can take things for granted and do what we want, essentially. I'd agree with that over the last two years, for me. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, Atletico Madrid are actually seven points ahead of Real Madrid. I had no idea. Game, game, in, hand. Now, game yeah. in hand as well. Uh, oh, and uh, on that as well, we may have spotted a new uh, goalkeeper taking penalties uh, across Europe, Marco Dimitrovic. Uh, a new Rod- Rodrigo, Rogerio. Yeah, new Rogerio Sani, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see if he takes over uh, next one. Yeah, we will indeed. So, uh, yeah, that's a love a good cup set. Mm. And I think that brings us on very easily to the FA Cup preview. Uh, So, it's uh, Chorley v Wolves tonight, but I think that might be called off. Oh, is it going to be called off because of... Waterlogged Uh, waterlogged pitch and whatnot. And, you know, the the, the groundsman can only spend so many nights at a tenor on the pit. So, uh, yeah, I I, I guess. uh... Which is fair enough. Uh, Other ties... uh, some very interesting ties here. We have uh, Southampton who are uh, versus Arsenal, and tomorrow at twelve. But that depends on. I, I think Southampton will go with a strong team. Yeah, no, they 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 definitely will. Um, I've, well, I mean, a strong team with a few academy lads thrown in. Uh, it'll be a strong yeah. team, but with a Lundlu starting up front, uh, who really impressed during the midweek as did a uh, uh, guts uh, on the left hand side by all accounts. Um, uh, Arsenal as well will probably put out a full strength team or you know a strong enough team uh, so I'm looking forward to what should be a good game uh, the game I'm most looking given that Cheltenham City might be a formality uh, one of the games I'm most looking forward to on Saturday actually is uh, Brighton against Blackpool um, okay, Blackpool yeah. side in really good form uh, as we've you know discussed on previous kickabouts um, who look well up for a cup set this season against the Brighton side who are you know fairly out of sorts uh, the moment and who always put out a second string uh, with, you know, a few exceptions, you know, Dunk usually starts in cup competitions and one or two others, but yeah. by, la- by and large a second string. Um, and I think there'll be a lot of goals in the game as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that as the pick of the 3 p.m. That's interesting. Uh, also, Barnsley v Norwich, a, a good champions- championship game as far as mm-hmm. I'm but it depends, again, how how committed both these teams are to cup to cup. Yeah, well, I mean, the the, be- the really good thing about Barnsley versus Norwich is that even if both sides put out their second 11s, uh, they both play uh, with the same philosophy regardless of personnel and opponent. Um, so the game yeah. is still going to be really entertaining, uh, which will be really good. And another one is Sheffield United versus Plymouth uh, as well. Uh, just to see, you know, it'd be interesting if Sheffield United can get another win on their belt for confidence. Um, and you know, Plymouth are starting to get in good form again, a really important win. Over- yeah, I think it'll be a tough fight, but I think Sheffield United being at home, or depends on how much, how high you class home advantage, yeah. back, but I'd back them to win. I'd back them to carry on that confidence and to have confidence against teams at that level. Uh, and shout out to uh, just quickly a shout out to Plymouth. Uh, in the uh, Sheffield United game, they'll be wearing uh, uh, two telephone numbers uh, for mental health. Help. Of course, uh, something that's um, very important. Yeah, which is a really, really nice touch, and hopefully we see more of that. 
Uh, speaking of, uh, you know, just you know, we talk about lack of fans. Uh, it's Chelsea v Luton, and you just know that Luton would uh, bring out, uh, would fill, would fill the shed. They would fill the shed, the yeah. That would be that would be a great away day for them. They've got a decent chance as well. Um, I know Chelsea are yeah, pretty yeah. ruthless in cup competitions in recent years, uh, and uh, you know they'll put out a very strong uh, eleven. Um, with Frank Lampard under such pressure, but Luton, you know, they're 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 a side who don't really put, care who they're playing against, um, which uh, usually serves them in good stead in games such as these. Um, a, a game I'm disappointed has been called off is uh, Bournemouth Crawley. Thankfully, the only cup fixture, as far as I'm aware, to be called off this weekend uh, because of a string of COVID tests. Uh, Crawley, um, positive COVID tests, I should say. Um, and you know, I do, I just really fancy Crawley to uh, uh, get the win. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Because you know, uh, uh, Bournemouth with their uh, typical, uh, you know, don't take the cup seriously uh, logic. So yeah, uh, it's also Brentford versus yeah. Leicester, which, which is a, which in normal circumstances would be a great tie because you've got two teams with great players who play excellent football. Um, it's well, it's kind of similar to um, uh, uh, Barnsley versus Norwich in that respect, in that regardless of you know the second string personnel, it's still going to be an entertaining game. Uh, with their philosophies continues, you know, both sides with technically adept footballers, uh, you know, running through the squad. Um, it's just such a it's a brilliant slate of FA Cup fixtures, it really is. Like every kickoff time is something fun, uh, you know, United Liverpool straight after. Uh, that which is you know two sides in very different uh, with very different places, but you know I think if oh. last week or something to go by, we shouldn't get our and uh, Wickham versus Tottenham on Monday night as well. Obviously, um, uh, it was famous a famous cup tie um, in January 2017 uh, when Wickham. Oh yeah, yeah, I can. I felt one like that. Uh, they took Spurs to uh, to to uh, how how do I put it? They took Spurs. We gave them a difficult Yeah, they really did. Well, they were 3-2 up until injury time and then some sort of double yeah, in yeah. injury time. It was absolutely killer. Um, I was actually at Oxford Newcastle the another 3pm free, free kickoff, yeah. uh, so I didn't watch it live. Um, but I remember, you know, everyone uh, going off about it later. Um, so, yeah, an absolute feast of football uh, to enjoy this weekend. Not just in the FA Cup, um, but also in League 1 and 2. Uh, but I guess before we uh, preview some of those fixtures, we'll have a look about over some of the midweek results. Oh, yeah, yeah, League One. So we'll begin with League One, as uh, we usually do. So in terms of me, I think, should we start with the... Where, where do we start? Let's start with the Peterborough versus Charlton, a big yeah. game as far as the, the playoffs goes. Uh, Smudix, or however you pronounce his name, I think it was very much his name. He's... How is he in League One? <laughs> it's kind of maddling um, from a personal point of view who wants to see him in the championship he's, he's so good well I think if you if you look at Charlton's Twitter feed it was him getting behind time and time again yeah. he made a Charlton centre-back so a very experienced look like proper dunces so but that's know. not even you know the biggest quality in his game um, he's a you know he, his, his close control um, and you know his ability to just you know uh, just flick passes into these really narrow channels and, you know, really good speed of movement and decision-making makes it such a crisp um, 
and uh, like a player who just pops off in the attacking third, um, which is amazing. I'm, I'm still shocked that Bristol City sold him, really. And when he's got, you know, um, obviously Jonathan Clark Harris isn't the target man, but he has certain target man qualities which allow him to be a really nice link-up striker uh, for Schmodix. Um, and then, you know, Dembele can, you know, with his pace kind of, you know, complement that really well with a bit more, uh, with even more, sorry, I should say, uh, incision uh, in that final, uh, in that final third. Um, so plenty of positives for Peterborough. Um, they're on a great run of form again, which, you know, tends to happen with Peterborough. They're quite a streaky side. Um, but when they're in a streak like this, um, they're definitely the most formidable side. Uh, in League One. As for Charlton, um, they're a deceptive line. Well, Lee Bowyer said some interesting things. He said, these are just defensive mistakes. Yeah. Like, all, he, he said, I gave every player a handshake after that game because I couldn't have asked any more from them. Like, you just have to keep working. Like, he wasn't as tetchy as he yeah. normally was when it was such a defeat. Like, he, he, he said, well, we did the best we could. I think done. that's because, you know, he, had, he got a win under his belt in the Bristol Rovers game. Uh, with the yeah, it was very much no hard, no hard feelings to yeah. beat. Like he didn't even mind the defensive. Well, you know, the, when the lineup came out, it looked as it was, it looked as if, sorry, it was going to be a four-four-two. Um, but you know, the fact that it was a three-four-three in reality with uh, Smythe uh, being at right wing back uh, again, it was another, you know, source of fury uh, for Louis Jacques. Um, but you know, I, no, Bowie was right to say. It was a good performance from Charlton because it was, and I mean they shouldn't have lost the game. Like, re- well, I say they shouldn't have lost the game. They could have have not lost the game in that kind of England Croatia World Cup semi mode. In that you know England definitely deserved to lose the game, but we definitely could have won it if that makes sense. Um, uh, so yeah, not too much uh, to worry about for Charlton now, especially now that they got the win under their belt over Bristol Rovers uh, last weekend. And uh, the fact that they've got a very, very winnable fin- fixture and a game they should win over Swindon this weekend. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah, they should beat Swindon. And uh, it's it's not worrying, but, you know, I think they'll improve. And uh, as long as they can keep getting consistent wins, uh, the odd blip is acceptable. Uh, so, do we want to... Uh, there's plenty of results. Uh Let's, uh, do you want to look at Sunderland? Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to pick out Sunderland and MK Dons as two teams to talk about. Okay. Um, Sunderland's a really big shame uh, because they, their their 3-0 win over Wimbledon at weekend was really impressive. Um, you know, it, it, it looked like uh, more than anything, confidence was back into them, uh, which, you know, is often spurred on by a new manager. Um, but, you know, it, it was really good to see in action. Um, Johnson's team selection was very interesting. Uh, obviously, you know, he's, he's, you know, trying to implement his, um, you know, four Magic Square 2, um, which was, you know... Right, that, that, that's one of the weirdest things I've seen in a long time. Off. Well, it, well I mean, selection. obviously, it's only really um, the Red Bull club who play it across the continent. Um, but, you know, I, I, quite like a, I quite like a four Magic Square 2. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about you. Um, I, I, it, obviously, it demands a lot of its fullbacks, um, but it makes for really quick football, um, and it demands passing goes forward. If you see what I mean. Um, so, so yeah, I quite like it. Um, but anyway, it's interesting that he's dropped Luke O'Nine, who has obviously been the stalwart of Sunderland over the last two seasons with you know consistently reliable uh, performances. You know, he's dropped Grant Ledbetter, 
uh, as well, um, who, you know, um, Phil Parkinson relied on for experience. Um, you know, Winchester was relatively in inexperienced compared to him, but Josh Scowan should be a decent fault uh, for him. Uh, Dion Sanderson is an absolute stealer right back. I mean, he was starting for Cardiff last season in the Championship, so I'm surprised he's got a league. He's, you know, had a step down into League One. Um, but, I mean, look, it is early It is early days for Johnson, so we can expect some tinkering until he finds his best 11. Uh, but until then, you know, they want to get back on that streak of wins, which, you know, we know Lee Johnson is so famous for. Indeed. Indeed. But, yeah, some good players there. Uh, the likes of Josh Gowan, who was great for QPR. Uh, yeah. Aidan O'Brien, Charlie White. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think they'll do well. Good result for Plymouth, though. Yeah, a, a very good result for them. And, um, you know... Uh, I mean, oh, is that the biggest journey in English football this season? I think it is. Biggest journey? In yeah, yeah, it should be. Carl I mean, Plymouth aren't good current. No, Carlisle are in League 2. So, yeah, yeah Carlisle are in League 2, aren't they? So, yeah, I think it will be. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, nice for them uh, to enjoy that uh, on the journey home. Next so, uh, MK Dons, yeah. uh, Joe Mason's uh, Joe Mason. first half hat. Yeah, um, obviously brought in to just ease the burden of uh, Cameron Jerome. Uh, but, you know, if he's going to score hat-tricks as well as that, then <laughs> all, all happy news uh, for Milton Keynes. Um, you know, as we've discussed, and um, as many people across, you know, Twitter and the footballing world have pointed out, MK Dons are just not where they belong in the league this season. Um, uh, their performances under Russell Martin have been consistently excellent and, to be honest, consistently unlucky. Where do they belong in the playoffs, would you say? Not in the playoffs, but definitely in the top half. Okay. I don't think they have the consistency or the quality quite yet to be in. So West Sunderland and... Yeah, 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 now. yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, they've, they've made some other really uh, shrewd signings, which seem to have, you know, uh, taken them from a side who put in good performances to a side that are putting in good results. Um, Ethan Laird, a right wing back, who they've signed permanently from Man United... Uh, is an absolute steal, an Appleton-esque uh, steal uh, for MK Dons and uh, shows signs of, you know, really shrewd recruitment, which is nice. Um, and, you know, positives of then going forward. And then obviously Sorensen uh, on loan from Brentford. I mean, if you get anyone on loan from Brentford, it's probably going to work out a success. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, there plenty of uh, positives and I expect them to, uh, to continue uh, this positive run of form. Uh, going into the future, even though I don't, I don't think they're in action this weekend. Even though they are knocked out of the cup. Uh, yeah, mate. Yeah. Uh, so looking forward to this weekend. Uh, the game of the weekend has to be, of course. Do we do we want to talk about Oxford and Northampton first, or do we want to go straight to the biggest game? Uh, no, we could we could go straight to the biggest. I mean, so I'll just get I'll just get angry if we talk about another postponement. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Portsmouth uh, host Hull. Yes, it's a it's an absolutely massive game. Two sides who have got back into a good run of form. Uh, John Marquis uh, still banging in the goals um, for Portsmouth, and you know another round of clean sheets for Watmouth and Raggett, uh, who have I mean been the best centre back pairing in the division uh, so far this season, complementing each other really well. Uh, but as for Hull, they've certainly got into a good run of form. Um, you know, they, it was definitely worry when Adela can got recalled. It, you know, they might lose some of that creativity and uh, pizzazz uh, going forward. Um, but Gavin White is a very different type of right winger. 
Uh, they've got on loan from Cardiff. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm very familiar with uh, Super Gav. Um, but, you know, he's much more direct and aggressive and pacey. Um, and, you know, he's, he's kind of like a, you know, a, a back in rugby and football who just runs straight and hard and fast, um, uh, but which is brilliant for breaking down uh, defences. Um, and, I mean, you know, a goal for him on debut uh, in midweek over Accrington will uh, serve him well. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to keeping an eye on that as well at 3 p.m. Uh, alongside the Oxford game and uh, all the FA Cup ones. Indeed, so uh, <laughs> no shortage of football. But uh, uh, with the Oxford game, uh, Oxford host uh, Bristol Rovers, who uh, Charlton be and haven't been who haven't been in great form because they lost away at Crew as well. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I, I do have I, I have a few slight worries over the game. Justin, that we haven't played for so long, we may be very rusty, and that Bristol Rovers are our big team, and you know Paul Tisdale can, you know, as we know, conjure up a performance, even though Bristol Rovers are in a bit of a downturn in form. Uh, so we need to treat the game with caution, um, but at the same time, we need to turn up and dominate the game, as we always need to try and do, because you know we, it's just playing logic, playing to your strengths. Uh, you know, and it's never it's it's never easy uh, watching us try and defend the lead, or you know, just defend it generally because we're not very good at it. Um, more generally, with Oxford, um, uh, m- much has been made of the fact that we haven't made any signings this January. Um, but to be honest, I'm totally fine with it um, because I mean, judging on this current trajectory um, and current you know revived optimism, we seem to be half out of the relegation race. Um, but people who are looking up towards the playoffs, I think, are just being a bit too ambitious, really. So we know this is going to be a foundation season for whatever is going to happen next season. Uh, and I mean, if that's just, you know, working with the players currently at your disposal with a long-term vision, I'm uh, I'm pretty happy with that. OK. But, uh, and, that's, that's Oxford, so uh, all is not... Not not perfect, but on the right track. Just to uh, just to sum up uh, the League One chat and just to finish it off, um, our best wishes go to Steve Cotterell uh, at Shrewsbury. Um, it's I think the first case in football of um, anyone involved in the English EFL uh, going into ICU. Yeah, yeah. So but, we wish him the very right, best. Yeah, by all means, very, very recovering well, uh, which is important. Um, well, not important, which is just brilliant news. Well, and his team have been on great form, yeah. Too. And uh, hopefully, they keep on playing like that, not just you know, in tribute to him, but also you know, to keep keep going his amazing work that he did in December, yeah. Mm. Uh, moving on, uh, Joe Northampton, uh, just a quick word, uh, mm. they're probably going to lose fairly heavily to Lincoln tomorrow night, given they lost one of home to them, uh, just less than a month ago. Well, slightly more than a month ago. So, well, Appleton teams yeah. famously, you know, at least in League One and Two, you know, don't really seem pretty unaffected by teams who have a low block. Um, I mean, you know, for Oxford, I mean, that was you know games we were always most confident in uh, when teams just had two banks of four. Uh, yeah. Game six, game six. Mm. Well, so moving on. Uh... Uh, anything else you want to look at precisely uh, in League Two? Yeah, just um, uh, a few eyes on League Two uh, this weekend. Um, Tranmere and Bolton uh, is a game that really intrigues me. Um, two sides who, you know, obviously with new managers, well, um, oh, I shouldn't say new managers because Ian Everett has been at Bolton since the start of the season, but, you know, new philosophies which are gradually, you know, being imposed. 
uh, on the on, on the side. Keith Hill at Tranmere. I, I think I think Keith Hill really solid appointment for Tranmere. Uh, to be honest, he did it. Uh, you know, uh, he was you know a very good long serving uh, manager for for Rochdale and you know, kept them in League One for a very small percentage of time, a relatively small budget. Um, and it's two sides who you know need to uh, grapple with a win uh, to you know try and you know reignite their playoff campaigns. Um, and uh, obviously, the other massive game of the weekend is the Lincolnshire derby. It does seem weird saying that L- Grimsby just doesn't seem to be Lincolnshire to me, but you know, no, it, it's like anyway. well, Lincolnshire is a weird county because yeah. it's like it's part industrial, it's part idyllic rural Middle England and part industrial yeah. northern county. I always think it's weird. You don't, I don't know whether it's whether Lincolnshire is explicitly in the north or in the south or Midlands or wherever you want, but it's a big county, yeah. so, you know. I, I, I prefer to say Scunthorpe and Grimsby are Humberside. Uh, yeah, Humberside. Yeah, so the, the, the thing is, they're proper hard-working northern towns. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. M180, that's the road between them. Uh, yeah. I knew it was a weird one. Um, the M180 derby, um, made slightly less spicy by the fact that Ian Holloway is no longer there. Uh, but the spice is definitely there in that Scumport need revenge for Grimsby to win on them earlier this season. Um, whereas, you know, Grimsby just, oh my, how badly do they need a win? Otherwise, it's going to look exceptionally grim uh, for them, even with, you know, Paul Hurst being an opto- uh not an optimistic appointment. What's the word I'm looking for? Promising appointment. Promising, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's a big derby. Some fans would have been... Uh, yeah. Would have been good for some fans to have been there. Mm. But uh, Cambridge, of course, atop of uh, Cambridge and Newport and Carlisle and Forest Green, all wrestling for... Look at all these teams out. Forest yeah. Green, Alford City... Uh, if one of these two makes it into League One, that's proper new blood in the football league. Oh uh, well, it was really interesting because, as as we know, um, uh, a few weeks ago now, or maybe just one week ago, um, uh, not the top twenty, you know, said everyone, you know, send in your automatics, uh, promotion predictions. Uh, everyone was fairly unanimous in either a Norwich Brentford or Norwich Swansea for the championship. Uh, everyone was fairly unanimous in either a Portsmouth Lincoln or a Peterborough Lincoln as their, you know, as their League One. Um, and then in League Two, it's just an absolute shambles. I mean, even you know, people have Mansfield in their automatics, which I mean, I, I, I wouldn't do that at all. I, I definitely think Mansfield will be in the playoffs come the end of the season. I mean, even though they're in 14th at the moment, they're one of the best teams in the league under uh, under Nigel Clough, and they're form points to that. Um, you know, finally putting their money to good use. Um, but you know, I, I, I've gone for. Salford just because of Richie Wellens obviously being uh, you know, league winning manager last season with Swindon but obviously the fact that Salford just have the best squad in the league and I mean Ian Henson is just waiting to explode really uh, Chal- Did you think that Salford have the best squad in the league? Wow. Yeah, no I definitely would um, and Hanky in goal I mean he's a championship level goalkeeper uh, he's in uh, and you know he's the reason why um, you know Salford's defensive record is so good this season. I think Salford have the best defensive in the league this season uh, yeah, I'm not 100% sure of that, but I think they do. Um, Cheltenham, yes, they're in a poor run of form, but I mean, you know, we, we know how solid Michael Duff is and we know that he can pull them out of a rut. Um, They've got Man City to contend with too this weekend. Yeah, so. yeah, it'll be a really fun test for them. Uh, it'll be fun to see City play on a pitch like that. Uh, <laughs> I very much enjoyed it when they were away at Newport a few in the 2018-19 season. And speaking of Newport... Uh, they're another side who need to, you know, get their season going again. Um, 
I've they're still man. second, but no win in five, which is quite extraordinary. Yeah, I'd edge for them in playoff football. Um, but you know, the no win in five is a bit worrying, and you know, maybe the wins are just slightly coming off for Michael Flynn's uh, side. Yeah, so uh, yeah. thank you, Alf. Uh, that is the entire football league we're up thrown in, so we're pretty. Uh, please do look out for the FA Cup action uh, and we'll be back same time next week to uh, review that and look forward to more football. Thank you for listening, guys. Absolutely. Thanks for bye from me and bye from Alf. Bye, Alf. Right.